The Journey from Inner Suffering to Inner Peace with Martin Tice from lighttrails.co on episode 228 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Really hard to pinpoint because it's a gradual process in a sense. But I remember Conversations with God from Neil Donald Walsh was a book that I listened to and that I was really fascinated by because my concept of God was mostly determined by how I saw the Roman Catholic Church, and that didn't really fit together. Hello, this is Kimberly Pittman Schultz, author of Grieving Us a field guide for living with loss without losing yourself, where I help grieving people find their way back into their lives. Dr. Brad Miller is here to help you to grow through what you go through on the Beyond Adversity podcast. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful, and this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people, and welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Pleasure and a privilege to have you with me today on the podcast that helps you to grow through what you go through, navigating adversity to achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. You can always head over to drbradmiller.com for over 200 interviews with folks who help you to get through your tough times and to merge to your place of peace, prosperity, and purpose. That's also the place at drbradmiller.com slash 40dayway, where you can find out more about our course, our coaching program, which helps you to create your POP, your promised life plan, to get you through being stuck, to being in a better place, to let you have a life of uh, purpose and prosperity. Here's a thought for today. Have you ever thought about not being good enough? but feeling a heaviness in your soul, in your emotion, kind of a feeling of of not knowing why I'm here and not good enough and, and certainly not in a place where you want to be in your spiritual life. Our guest today, Martin Tice, was in that place in his life and was not satisfied. You're going to learn and feel in our, in our interview today with Martin Tice from lighttrails.co about his childhood depression, about these things that he had going on in his life where he did not feel good enough and had an emotional heaviness in his life. Maybe you have that as well. Then we're going to learn, and we're going to learn and think about what he did about it. And he's going to tell us about what he discovered about journeys, about physical journeys that he took to various places in his life, about educational journeys through educational experiences and through books and through the inner life. What one process, if uh, a process among things he calls shamanic journeys. This is a great uh, interview for you today. If you're feeling in a bad place or a place where you need a practical process to get you through some of these tough places and some strategies moving forward. So I invite you to think about this and to 
Be aware as we begin our conversation now with Martin Tice here on the Beyond Adversity podcast. Martin is with us, and he has a website, lighttrails.co, and lots of good information there about how you can advance in your journey of life, what he calls a shamantic journey. And we're going to talk to Martin here today. Martin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It is awesome to have you with us here today. And everybody goes through journeys in life, and some people get stuck in when bad things happen to them. And But they have to learn to navigate and maneuver through those. That's the whole theme of this podcast is helping people to navigate when bad things happen to, to them. And I'd just like to ask you, one of the things that I've read some information about you, you said something about pain and suffering when it comes to people's life, how that's a great teacher. And I've just got a feeling that you've had some episode in your life where you've been taught a lesson. Uh, by some pain or suffering in your life or some adverse life event. And do you mind if you share just something out of your life that uh, may have been a, a point of, uh, that helped lead you to what you're up to these days? Absolutely. And thank you. Thank you for the introduction. So what I think is probably my my greatest point of pain point or suffering is you mentioned your five Ds is depression. I grew up and had challenges looking out for myself. I was always trying to help others, please others, make situations comfortable so that they wouldn't escalate and that I wouldn't become the target of anger or any kind of not being good enough. The depression was, that's why I called my business Light Trails, because when I started on that trail, things got lighter. And that heaviness that I felt for the most of my life was the greatest teacher in the sense that I feel it is not really necessary, but it is on the other hand, really difficult to get out. I think that is my greatest strength in knowing how it feels to be in such a place of not knowing why I'm here. What is the reason for my existence and not having had a good relationship with higher higher entity or divine like guidance. So I wasn't, I was raised as a Catholic Christian, but I wasn't really connected to that faith. And on the way of that path that I started to walk through shamanic journeys, I opened up to to God and found like the connection in all of us, uh, the brother brother brotherly connection between human beings and also to animals and plants and the whole planet. So I feel that is something that is has been my struggle. And now that I feel I'm mostly out of it, it's not always that. It's always like life goes up and down. Sure. But, but, yeah. And that you, so you came, you were in this state of depression and I'm sure there were life events that were a part of that process of, of putting you in that state. And then it seemed like you have taken some action and to respond to that depression. And one of those actions you've taken is shamanic journeys so tell us about some of the actions that you take to break out of the state of depression. If that leads us to our conversation about shamanic journeys, that's a great place to, to go. 
Yeah, I would say I looked at the question, what actions did I take? And I think the most important thing is to keep on keeping on. And that's what I think many scientists say that when we're in a state of depression, we need to exercise or keep moving, do certain things, not hide and dig into the, the pit that we feel. And so keeping on in the beginning, I, I journeyed a lot. I went to other places and stayed there, worked in foreign countries and thought to find happiness there. And it helped a little bit. So these journeys in the world, helped me to get closer to myself and finding myself and that that's why I feel like <laughs> to keep on doing what we're doing and on the other hand spiritual books helped me a lot because I felt that the pain that I had inside was the material world was not able to pacify that I felt like I said before what am I doing here am I just here to do a job or go to school and follow the herd in a sense, but I never felt happy. So spiritual books and awareness helped me a lot with meditation and the shamanic journeys, like I said, because it was the first time that I got in touch with something spiritual that was helping me to find myself and to connect with the out with the outside. Home. Yeah. Sounds like you took at least two pathways here. I'm hearing you say two action points, I would say. One of them was journeys themselves. And I assume you're talking about actual physical journeys, yeah. going someplace and some some the process of taking a trip, the process of taking a pilgrimage of sorts, if you will. Yeah. Uh, is so important. And then you also did books and such read deep books about meditation and so on and spiritual life. And that's awesome. So you're talking about study and then taking you know, actual physical action. Yeah. I know just right now, literally I got a post from a good, I'm going to the name of it, but it's the spiritual journey in, the, in Spain. It goes for some uh, length, a hundred miles or so. And it takes uh, several days to a week or two to travel. He just completed it today. Hmm. And he was giving some post about that and how important that was to him. And I've done some spiritual primer pilgrimages type things myself to Holy Land, uh, for instance, I've been there and done that. And uh, but this is awesome here. But I would like you to tell us a little bit more then about how you mentioned here, Martin, about how getting reconnected to some spiritual awakening here was a part of this, that you grew up as a basically a, a non-involved Roman Catholic, but then something clicked in here. And so let's talk a little bit about how, if you want to have completeness in life, if you want to have fulfillment in life, if you want to have what you call a spiritual awakening, that you have to make some sort of a connection or reconnection with something greater than yourself. And tell me how that manifested itself with you, your spiritual life. Yeah, I think it is really hard to pinpoint because it's a gradual process in a sense. But I remember Conversations with God from Neil Donald Walsh was a book that I listened to and that I was really fascinated by because my concept of God was mostly determined by how I saw the Roman Catholic Church and that didn't really fit together. That was where I, for the first time, I realized that there is something higher consciousness or God that is something we can connect to. And by, by experiencing that connection more and more through, through these outer journeys and redefining myself and finding, finding certain parts of myself that I had disconnected from, and through that connection with the higher self, it helped me to really f- to be brave to discover myself, if that makes sense, because I felt held or I felt I wasn't alone anymore. And so that's, I assume then this sense of you're no longer alone is a sense of comfort, of guidance, of direction. Yeah. 
And when you go on these spiritual journeys and physical journeys, so it no longer becomes a lonely, isolated, energy depleting experience, it becomes more of a fulfilling experience. Is that a fair thing to say when you make these transitions? Yeah, I would say it's, uh, on, I worked as an, I have to do, go a little detour here. I worked as an au pair in the Washington DC area and on, on the preparation meetings in Germany, the, the person who held it said that we get the chance to redefine ourselves, let those parts of us behind that we felt weren't serving us anymore and to find, to define ourselves new. And I think these outer journeys were always, in connection with the inner dialogue that yes. I had a, a chance to redevelop or to do redefine myself and to really decide how would I like to be? What kind of person would I like to be? Because I felt for the most part overridden by patterns and behaviors that I wasn't in charge of. And so these decreased over time and it helped me by these journeys to learn something new, bring it back to Germany and get back into a situation that was difficult, but having found a new tool and then to slowly integrating that tool until that pain was slowly disappearing. Mm, that's awesome. It's interesting. Part of your training as an au pair had to do with this redefining self and part of this opportunity that you have. And so let's talk about opportunities and what people can do. And let's be a little bit more specific here about, I'd like to talk about the transition people make, Martin, when from their old self, whatever that is, to the new self often involves new habits, new disciplines, new practices, or uh, ways of doing life. And uh, this is where I really like to talk about what this word shamanic journey means. So let's go there for a minute. What are some of the ways that you do life now? What are some of the ways? What does it help define for a shamanic journey? And then uh, tell us about the disciplines or habits or part of this journey here. So the shamanic journey itself is can be seen as a kind of meditation or a, a state where we lie down and where images come up, where we can, we start with an intention. What it is it what it is I want to look at? Is there something I want to get? get an insight on or work on. And so with that intention, we lie down and with the help of a drum or a rattle, depending on the discipline of the person who facilitates the space, we, we journey into what is called non-ordinary reality or something similar to a dream state and where the subconscious is able to speak with us and where we work with these images and we get insights and clarity. And so this practice helped me to make important decisions and also to look at decisions that I had made in the past and to reevaluating it and to, like I said, to redefine who I want to be and let go of the past and integrating the past in a sense. And I would say, because I have been doing this for 10 years and I'm still deeply involved in it. It is something that helped me to empower, to be empowered and to empower myself. And that was why this practice, this, uh, this habit helped me a lot to always have a place where I can look at things from a different perspective, from a different point of view. Hmm. And um, because so is this it, an individual yeah. practice or you do it as a group or do you have a teacher or a leader or a class? Tell me kind of how it, how it works. Or is it part of a journey of some sort, an actual journey? Tell me about how it works sometimes. Yeah. When we say it is a work, let's say it's a class or a workshop where we get together with eight 
or six to eight people. And then there is a facilitator who, um, who holds the space, who opens the space with a prayer. And then everybody shares why they're here and what their intention is. And then if it's a basic seminar, it would be a journey, an inner journey to find a totem animal or to look at the tree of abundance. How does my tree of abundance look like? What, the, what is my totem animal? What kind of animal is it? What has it to teach me and what can I learn from it? And the facilitator would explain to the people who have never done this before that this is how it goes. And then they would start to drum and everybody would lay down and do and be on their own separate journey. And after half an hour, um, people would sit in the circle and share their experience. And because it's a holistic space, it is often that something that someone else experienced is something that applies to my life. And so there's hmm. great wisdom in the in what other people share in the circle. And I can learn from everything, not only my own journey, but all, from all the journeys of everyone who's involved. You mentioned a term there that I find uh, fascinating. I've heard the term before, but I really would like your take on it, especially applicable to people in our, among our listeners, our community who may need something tangible to connect up with. You mentioned totem animal. Can you help define that for us on how this concept of the totem animal may be applicable, especially to people who are really searching for something to hang on to here? Yeah. The totem animal is basically our potential showing up in animal form, let's say it's, it, is a, it is an animal that is, if it is the totem animal that accompanies us our whole life, there are animal guides that help us in certain periods of our lives, but there's usually a kind of animal that is there that is accompanying us our whole lives. And that will show us our potential. And to make it more applicable, let's say the totem animal that I found when I started my shamanic journey experience was a black leopard and so by by interacting with the leopard and asking the leopard questions that would be one way how we can learn but on the other hand we can look at the animal out in the wild nature how is it behaving what is it eating what how is it hunting how will it sleep and regenerate what is necessary for it to thrive and what is dangerous to the animal i can apply that to my life and can say the panther or the leopard is an animal that is is uh, usually shy is able to not be seen if it doesn't want to be seen that would be one 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 trait and it is a very good hunter, but on the other hand, it gets often stolen by hyenas or other animals. So if I look at what hyenas are in my life, who is stealing my food from me and how can I prepare myself so that I get the nourishment from what I hunted? You know, it is a little, there is a, it's like dream work. We have to do a little bit of translation, but that's what we learn in these. So it seems things. like you're looking for attributes from the animals that you either apply to your life or maybe aspirational aspects of them, perhaps. And there's some metaphors, uh, metaphorical imagery, a little bit of fantasy that a lot of folks will somehow say something that they need some connection to something that is tangible. Sometimes people talk about, I, in my life, I have a place, I have a big sycamore tree in the backyard of my home, and that's a place where I go to contemplate and to have some meditation points, or there's a lakes nearby, and that type of thing I go to when I drive someplace. Is this part of what we're talking about here, having something tangible and particularly natural, the natural world that we can have some visceral connection with? 
Yeah, I think so because over over the years, my connection, as I mentioned in the beginning, my my connection with nature and with animals has steadily become um, more intimate and care about a lot. I care about it a lot more than I did when I started. So it is tangible. But like I said, uh, for me, it was always natural this kind of work. And that it it felt to me, it gave me a clue of things I didn't really understand. And sh- sure, it's been 10 years and certain things I see or take for granted, which is difficult to understand for people who hear about it for the first time. But it felt to me, if I have a question, I can ask my spirit animal or my totem animal what would what I should do. And it's not that I'm taking away my responsibility. It's just like I'm opening up to a certain put to a certain part of myself that I might not be seeing as my ego is working right now. Mm-hmm. To open up for that higher self in that sense yeah. through that animal form. So there's a term here that may be complementary to what we're talking about here. We've been talking about a journey and about some sort of a connection to animals or nature that has to do with our inner life. And those are active and engaged. But I think there's another term here I would call sanctuary, which is finding a place to be, finding a place of peace. And so tell me a little about the concept of sanctuary for you. I know you alternate life between Germany and Hawaii and seems like, Journey and sanctuary kind of are complementary terms for you. And maybe or maybe I'm going the wrong direction here, but speak about that a little bit, if you will, about the sense of sanctuary and needing to create a place to be. Yeah, and you're really spot on because one of one of my purposes in life is to create a sanctuary, and it's the actual term that I use in Hawaii where people can come and heal just find that place of that you just described so beautifully that place of connection where we can be where we don't where we can let down our guards and we can just heal in the terms of what is it i need right now and how can i how can i use this place in order to find that that i'm looking for and the journey itself like you said as a way of going to that sanctuary, but also the journey back and the integration phase where it is like, for me, going to Hawaii is always like taking off, taking off a certain like filters or taking off something that is in front of my eyes that is not giving me the opportunity to see clearly. And when I'm there, it's also clear. And I go through painful situations and inner traumatic situations that are coming up from the past much easy, much more easily. And, but then when I go back into these old situations, it feels like it's back on and I really am struggling, but I've seen, I have seen the opportunity and the way I've seen through these new kind of perspectives. And I know at least how it feels like, and then it gives me like a, a orientation point of that feeling of feeling whole and feeling, feeling kind of rejuvenated, renewed, yeah. refreshed. Yeah. 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 I think that's the purpose of sanctuary, a place, the sanctuary is a place set apart for renewal, for worship, for re- reconnecting. And then the journey is the active engagement of that in my mm-hmm. estimation. And, and it seems like you've done a lot of that for yourself. You've done a lot of self work here, Martin, a lot of uh, contemplation and thinking, and you've processed this, but I feel like you're also motivated by how you can offer this gifts that you've received, this transformation you've received to other people. 
Uh, how, so tell me a little bit about how what you are working on and what you're about serves the needs of other people who may be stuck in their own right, who may need to find out what it means to have a sanctuary, who may need to find out what it means to take this uh, journey to understand what the, uh, the totem animal uh, is all about. What kind of things do you offer? What kind of things are you about to be helpful? How do you help other people? What, how do you serve others with love? Yeah, that's a good question. Most of all, I feel like that having felt so lost and not knowing, like being oblivious to that there is a way out, just feeling that stuck and lost, it is the greatest motivation for me because I know how painful it is. And that's why I say that from suffering to grace or just from suffering to peace is a motivation for me. And I offer... The work that I do is basically all the experience that I gained on these journeys, everything that I learned, all the missteps that I took, but also all the achievements and all the successes. And I condensed it and I try to condense it in 16 weeks in a program where I looked at what are the most important signposts that I came across in the 10 years. And what is really, if we only meet each other for these 16 weeks, what can I bring to the table that people will be empowered and have the tools to step more, more confident, but also loving and, and compassionate towards others. And that so is, you have a, so you have a course and you also have a webinar. I know that you offer that people can learn what you've learned. You can yeah. teach people and you come from a deep place of caring. So tell us a little bit about maybe a time, Martin, when a, person you've had either go through your course, your webinar, or maybe personal coaching or encounters. Mm -hmm. When you've seen someone have some transition, some change, you went through your own life change yeah. a while back, and perhaps you had some coach or guidance or mentor in your own life. Most of us do. And then, but what are some people that you've encountered that have taken the heart your teaching, what you're about, and you've seen some transformation? Give us a, give us an example of that if you have one. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the interesting part is that most people like you made, to me at least in this conversation, don't really know what a shamanic journey is or what I do. And so when they start working with me, they, they, they start working with me because they resonate with me as a person, but not necessarily because they know what I'm offering. But once we start out on these on the program, people are really excited and they can't believe that it is helping them and it is actually changing their life and that they feel empowered and that there is an increase of purpose. You know, that with every session we take, we dive deeper into the rabbit hole and they realize that the, that is actually working. I think that is the most common um, denominator, I would say, in the program that the surprise and also the uplifting feeling of this is working, this is helping me. And I'm, I feel that the gratitude I receive when we're done with the session is my best indicator of if it's working or not, if it is something that mm -hmm. is really of value. And I feel there's so much gratitude and appreciation from the people who work with me, from my clients, that I feel I'm doing the right thing and mm -hmm. we're on the right track here. So you've been affirmed by that. And then some of these folks who have shared something with you, did they have some traumatic circumstance in life that was able to get to take a different track in life? And do we have any of that type of situation? Maybe someone whose life is at a dead end and maybe there's, maybe they have some tools now to have more fulfillment. Anything along that line? 
Yes, and it depends on on the people, right? So there's no guarantee that the program or my work is helping. But when we're courageous enough to open up, and especially traumatic events are difficult. They're very painful. Yes. We don't want to go yes. back into that. And I cannot force anyone to go back into a traumatic situation that would not serve anyone. But every time people face these difficult situations, face traumatic situations and integrate them and bring that, we're speaking of soul parts, for example, in, in, the, in, in the teachings that I received, that we can go back and have these soul parts that are detached from us, but they're still connected, but very far away. And when we go back into these traumatic situations, we can integrate them. And that gives us more energy and gives us like that health in order to go on more of ourselves because we have that part of us back. And that That's is, awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Lots of good things here, Martin. If folks want to find out more about you, if they're interested in shamanic journeys or the, your sense about abundance thinking and the resources that you offer or sanctuary or totem animals, any of the concepts we talked about here today, how can people find out more about you and what you offer? Yeah, like you already mentioned, my my website, lighttrails.co, is a good place to start. I offer free webinars, and you can find them on the website as well. It's where we look at what is a shamanic journey, what is a totem animal, and what is the medicine wheel is also an important aspect that we didn't cover today. But just three 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 good webinars to to learn more and to do to start the work. It is not a regular webinar because I've been participating in many webinars where it's really frontal and you just listen, but it's really an interactive webinar where you can already receive um, guidance and bring something into your life that has been missing. So that is a, a great place to start. Yeah. Awesome. So the website, his name is Martin Tees. That's T-H-E-I-S. And his website, lighttrails.co. That's L-I-G-H-T-R-A-L-I-S dot C-O. His name is Martin Tees, and he is involved with spiritual awakening through shamanic journeys. Martin, thank you for being our guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast. Great to have Martin Tice joins today on the podcast. Fascinating story. Fascinating guy. Very introspective. Helps you to understand some things about the importance of taking a spiritual journey and being very intentional about it. And I hope that you took away from this interview some to-do things that you can do. I really want to encourage you to take a journey in your life. A spiritual journey of some sort, but perhaps your journey is to a national park. That's what my wife and I like to do. We like to take spiritual journeys and physical journeys into nature. Whatever it is to do something in your life for you to go off on your own in a physical place to help you as be a part of the process here. Now, Martin also talks about how what some other practical steps that you can do. And I would encourage you to go over to Light trails.co and he has a newsletter there a list of books and resources that he has used and he uses in his practice you can sign up for a free consultation with him and look at the opportunities he has for his workshops and classes that he is a part of including the shamanic workshop it's worth looking into whatever it is do something take a journey that will help you find uh, your own personal path to enter a peace in your life. That's what we try to do here at the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. We talk to people to help you to deal with adversity. We all have it, but we can get stuck in adversity if we're not careful. We can be talk, get stuck in depression, or maybe it's a divorce, a relationship that's gone lives, and we need to deal with them. 
maybe it's overwhelming debt or a death in the family, we can deal with those things. That's what we do here on the Beyond Adversity podcast. We have all these interviews, which helps us to do that. And my background is in teaching and leadership and spirituality, and I can be helpful to you as well. So head on over to drbradmiller.com. That's where you can find all these resources and also go to drbradmiller.com slash 40 day way for a little more information about our teaching and our leadership program called the 40 day way, which helps you develop your personal life plan, your PLP, your plan to get you unstuck to a better life. We're here every week. My name is Dr. Brad Miller. You can find me at drbradmiller.com. Until next time, good people. Remember to always do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.